1: Laura, it sort of feels like they should have sent us an email or something that they're changing all this weather music, all the yeah. intros.
2: Yes, I like it. I do too. I think it sounds good. It's it sounds spiffed up and fresh. Yes, I think that's good.
1: Like at, you know, Star Tribune's getting the rebrand. We yeah. a little bit of a little bit of rebranding for us, a little freshening. Tis the season. Absolutely. Uh, people who work for U.S. Bank mm-hmm. have to come to work now. It's not this?
2: optional anymore. Yes. I that. Yeah.
1: Uh, three days a week. Here's the thing. When you and and I wonder what it's like working at some of these corporations. And I, I've gotten over the like, oh, should, you know, should we make people come back to work or not? I guess I'm bored with that topic. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you know, companies have to look and if if they think the right way to go is to have people be remote because they're worried about losing talent,
2: fine. It's a valid concern, yep.
1: But a company like U.S. Bank, and same with Target, if you work at Target corporate office, all the people who work in the store have to show their butts up to work every right. day. And the same with U.S. Bank. If you work in a branch,
2: yes. you're
1: hauling your butt to work. And you're probably making less money than the corporate goons are making. That's a good point. Like, don't you, I would feel, I would feel guilty. Mm -hmm. I would. Like, Mm -hmm. and if I were a manager, I would feel like, how do I, how do I justify the fact that, you know, obviously some people have jobs that are white collar jobs that are desk. I think one of my Twitter followers used to call them like the pencil pushers. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, the pencil pushers, like those guys can work remotely. But if you're a custodian or if you're, uh, you know, uh, stocking the shelves or right. you're a teller, you go to work. And we get to sit on our, not that you're just like sitting on your couch, but it sort of feels like it, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear what you're saying. It's just it's kind tricky. Of a show of support. with yes, and, and we're all in it together. Yeah, and the company culture and, um, yeah, I hear you. I That's, think it's
1: interesting. There was, I forget which company it was. There was a Minneapolis company. Um, that has a corporate office here, but, uh, a lot of their operations are factories. Okay. And very early post, like the shutdowns of COVID, they were like, back all you corporate people come back to the office. Just like our
2: factory people have to do All our factory people are
1: in the office. So you got to be in the office too.
2: I like that. Yeah. I kind of like it too.
1: I like it too. I think it'll be good. For Minneapolis to have U.S. Bank employees Mm -hmm. downtown three days a week. For sure. I mean, now you're sort of left with Target and (laughs) Hennepin County. Yeah. Right? Like, those are sort of the big ones that are— U.S. Bank is the sixth largest employer in downtown. 4,200 employees uh, work in the headquarters. Okay. And the downtown council says, with U.S. Bank, now 11 of the top 15 employers— have workers coming back at least two or three days a week.
2: That's good. You can feel it too and notice it. Agreed. Especially midweek—Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday—it's—it's it's nice. It's bustling again down here, and I love it.
1: I like it too. It feels it. it there's good energy to yeah. it. Yeah,
2: it makes such a difference. It really does. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people who don't have to come in don't care about the energy here in downtown Minneapolis. And I get it. Yep. But it's—it's really—it's important, in my opinion. Well,
1: you. You want, when you think about attracting, like, future employees and other people. Like, there was a time, it wasn't that long ago, that we were all just so excited about how many people were moving downtown. Yeah. The energy. Yes. The Dayton's project right. was transforming Dayton's. And there's going to be this big food hall and all this. You're It just sort of, even if you didn't work downtown, you felt like, you know what? Like, yeah. Like, we're doing all right. Yes. And so that energy is big. Saw this thing on... One of my favorite websites is studyfinds.org hmm. because it, they, they like have they compile all the dumb studies, not intentionally. Uh, they're just compiling studies, but a lot of them are dumb. This one, I thought was very interesting: uh, researchers finding that gossip is capable of providing a social
2: benefit. Are you a gossiper? Not really. Yeah. I don't think so. I used to be more of a gossiper.
1: Uh, not so into it anymore. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, it's, it's easy for it to go south. Yes. Right?
2: You kind of have to learn that sometimes it's best to just keep your trap shut. And if you have a piece of information that you think is juicy that is going to make you look good by spouting it off to people. Well, maybe kind of think again.
1: So this is what I I thought was interesting. Negative gossip. You think like that's sort of the stuff that really drives people crazy. Yeah. The research found that most recipients of negative gossip just see it as complaining. Like so they sort of they don't give it they don't give it any particular importance, which I thought. You, you think, like, human nature, we sort of gravitate to the negative gossip, right? The juicy stuff. Yeah. But uh, in workplace gossip scenario, most people are like, eh, you know, it's probably just sour grapes or whatever. People sort of dismiss it. I see, yeah. But the positive stuff when you're like, hey, I heard we're going to do this or like, well, yeah. I'll give an example of some gossip around here. Cook the other day says to me, and you're like, who's the biggest gossiper of this show? Dan Cook. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: he does get some little scoops. You get there, some scoops. Yes. Our our group, we're not
1: like we're not super gossipy. I would say Mm-mm. the biggest. What show is the biggest gossipy show of our day? Chad, it's probably Chad. Chad. Two to
0: three, and it's not close.
1: Yeah. yeah, Chad is, and I, I, you know, there are positive gossip, positive aspects, and negative. Sure, the positive is that like people want to talk to you, so you pick up stuff. The negative is, like, you never know, like, how much of it is nonsense, Mm -hmm. right? But Dan, the other day, was like, hey, Brad, our boss, came in the office or came in the studio, and it looks like we're going to replace our our board, our broadcasting board. So, like, getting some new equipment. Nice. Which is straight-up gossip. It was pure gossip. It was true, but it was gossip. Information. It was informational gossip. You wouldn't categorize that as gossip. I'm trying to, to, you
0: know, that's when I think of gossip, that's not what I
1: think. Right, no, me neither. But that's what researchers say. Like, that is essentially gossip.
2: Just information. There was
1: no announcement put out. There was no, like, tell Jason we're getting a thing. There was no email that's like, hey, we're investing money.
2: So and so told me that.
1: Nobody's sure it's even actually going to happen. Right. So it's got, that sounds like gossip to me. So that's the positive. But when the researchers found when you're sharing positive gossip, which that was positive gossip, you're like, hey, company's investing some money in here. Maybe we're going to get some equipment that works. That's neat. Uh, That is people actually have greater information or greater interest in positive gossip.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: I think it is good. I think it is good. Uh, Weekend coming. Yes. You texted me today with a, a question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had a bit of a goofy day. Like, if you want, if yeah. you, a uh, listener, are interested in my goofy day, go to the podcast and look at hour one. You were gossiping about my day, I heard.
2: I wasn't gossiping about your day.
1: <laughs> Didn't you send a link to the boss of the gossip?
2: I just wanted to make sure he knew about this. That was not gossip. No, that was actually very responsible looking out for your talent. It, it,
1: it was very responsible. of you. Yes. I'm glad you did that. Um, you texted me. What did you ask me today? Well, do you remember how you phrased it? No, here's the text. I have a weird request. Can you call me when you get a chance? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I call, I probably called you like 10 seconds after it you was quick. It, it yeah. was pretty quick, but that is, that's one of the texts. Like if, because it came from you, I wasn't nervous about it. But if, have you ever gotten a text like from the boss, where it, with call no me. context? Yes!
2: yes, yes, that's the worst. Oh, call me when you get a chance. Call me when you get a chance. And no you're like, punctuation. Yeah.
1: Is this urgent? Is this not urgent? Am I in trouble? Did I, I do something wrong? What's mm-hmm. happening? Like, oh, I got. I I would get those texts every once in a while over a TV. Yeah, and it never was anything. No, it was never anything like to be worried about. But right. Yet you feel that drop in your stomach. Your request was really fun. <laughs> I thought it was great. You wanted to borrow a tie. Yep. For your husband.
2: He He's going on a business trip tomorrow or Sunday for yeah. a few days. So he, he found out he's going to be in, you know, through his workplace, he will be in federal court. So he needs to wear a suit and a tie,
1: yeah. which
2: he really doesn't Why have would he so have? much yeah. anymore. Not ties, anyway. He doesn't have to wear ties to work right. anymore. So he. I thought, I, I think I know a guy with some ties.
1: <laughs> I did not autograph it, so I didn't want to make it weird for him.
2: I might have to forge your name just so he can walk around with a Jason Russia autograph tie in Montana. That's very yes. fun.
1: I like that. <laughs> Are you going to uh, enjoy this warm weather this weekend at all? Yes,
2: I am. Um, actually, tonight I'm going skating at the John Rose Oval with my girlfriend, oh, Sarah. awesome. I think this is the very last weekend before they have to shut that baby down. Sure. And then tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Is Roseville where they're looking for a name for a new park, Dan? You sent
1: me that story today. I think it's Roseville where they're... And boy, would you want to be in charge of naming a park right now? Yeah. Would you? I would
2: think that would be kind of fun and creative.
1: I I feel like, yeah, the city of Roseville has a brand new eight-tenth-of-an-acre park. Nice. Right on County Road B by Midland Hills Golf Course. But when you get involved in naming... You're either you're either coming up with something funny, like to name a snowplow, <laughs> or you're renaming something because it turned out that the person we named it after is a giant buffoon.
2: We're offending somebody, yes. Correct. Right. Yeah.
1: Scary. I don't think you can name this park after a person, do you? Mm-hmm. What would be a fun name for a park in Roseville?
2: <sighs> That's a good question. But I like names like there there's a street. When I drive home, that I pass all the time, that I just love the name, and it's just called Sunny Slope Lane.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that's yeah. just
2: delightful. That so is a nice Sunny name. Sunny Slope Makes Park. you feel good. Yeah.
1: The city in Roseville has a naming policy. They love, of course, they do. <laughs> they like names that incorporate natural habitat, so like mm-hmm. vegetation. No one could be offended if you name it after vegetation, terrain, and animals. Yep. Although animals got to be. Didn't we have like a, a middle school that had their nickname was like the, oh the, was it the buffalo or the bison? Is the bison?
2: What's wrong with that?
1: that? Uh, is a sacred animal to some Native American tribes, and the middle school was named, I believe it was Dakota Middle School. So,
2: but why is that offensive? I don't get it.
1: It's not for us to get. Laura. I guess not. <laughs> But they like
2: I like that. I think that
1: you just got to play it safe. You got to name it, you know. Like Dogwood Acres. Yeah, that's no one. Wow, well, the cat people are going to be <laughs> upset about that. Yeah. I don't know. You can't. You can't, uh, you can't win. It's pretty good. Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy that weather.
2: Thanks. You too. I'll see you Monday.
1: Sounds good. Laura Oaks, everybody, doing a great job with the news for us as always. It's five twenty. We'll do the D rush hour. News headlines here in just a minute. Lots of good stuff in the news today. Oh, Dan Cook, what sort of nonsense sound does he have for us? We got an amazing Leap Day story. I was sort of poo-pooing Leap Day yesterday, and now I'm turning, turning that around. Apple's failure at developing a self-driving car and a video game lounge at the airport. Do you want a game before your flight? Coming up. 525 on this first day of March. Time for the D rush hour news headlines. Awesome leap day story by Molly Guthrie on the front page of the Pioneer Press today. Ah, yes, it was 100 years ago that Bernice Steinke was born in an ambulance on the way to a St. Paul hospital. Of course, she's only 25 because she's a leap day baby. Yesterday, on the anniversary of that ambulance ride, Molly visited with her as she looked back on her long life from her home in St. Paul. Now, 1924, Leap Day. Calvin Coolidge was the 30th U.S. president. George Gershwin just debuted Rhapsody in Blue. A first-class stamp cost two cents. (laughs) Fighter Press reported there were at least five babies born on Leap Day this year, but only Bernice's birth was unusual enough to warrant a separate story. Headline reading, child is born as ambulance goes to hospital. Drivers amazed when they hear wail with four miles to go. <laughs> you know, Bernice, like any 25-year-old, has goals. One of them is for a ride in a hot air balloon. Thursday, she's settled for putting her feet up in a recliner, opening birthday cards, visiting with her kids. Pioneer Press said, hey, how's it feel to be physically 100 years old, if only 25 in birth years? She said, sometimes it doesn't feel so great, but today I'm having fun. Pretty cool. How did Apple fail at its effort to develop a self-driving car? New York Times really breaking that down. So many kind of head-scratchers in this story. Apple spent more than $10 billion. Remember when this was first announced 10 years ago, and you're like, oh, man, Apple's killing it on everything. Of course, they're yeah, I'm going to be driving an Apple car. The effort was codenamed Titan, but the Times reports that employees had a less flattering name for it. The Titanic is what they called it. They knew the project was likely to fail. The car effort scrapped and rebooted several times. Should it be an electric vehicle that would compete against Tesla? That's what I thought they were doing. Then they turned it into a self-driving car to rival an effort by Google. Then they turned it back into an electric car. Four different leaders, multiple rounds of layoffs. But the reality is developing software and algorithms for a car with autonomous driving features, it's really hard. And so that's why it failed. It is now over. Video game lounge at the airport. Makes sense. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal reporting about Gameway, a Portland, Oregon-based company. Of course, this is from Portland. <laughs> the lounge would be called The Portal. This is a good idea, I think, right? You could play your favorite Xbox, PlayStation, or PC video games while waiting to catch your flight. They'd sell snacks. What kind of snacks do you think they're selling at The at the Portal, Dan? Energy drinks uh-huh. and uh, Doritos. Protein bars. onions. Yeah. Uh, Limited bar area. Not bad. 16 bucks to play for 30 minutes. I don't know. I think that's pretty fun. Pretty fun. One other tidbit from the Star Tribune talking about convention and sports travel, that that is back in downtown Minneapolis. But business travel is still really slow. Meet Minneapolis said last year's advance bookings hit a high 579,000 rooms. So that's good, but that's because people are coming for events, right? The city had 700, more than 700 last year. Convention Center made more money. They're up to $18.5 million. Down from $21 million in 2019, but, you know, closer to where they should be. Lodging taxes, up to $10 million. But the reality is, if you don't have people traveling for business to go see U.S. Bank and Wells Fargo and Target... Uh, It's never going to be back. 530, that's the D rush hour news headlines. We will take a break, and in just a moment, we are going to visit uh, with someone from Reno, Nevada. Reno, Nevada is one of the few states in the country that has had success in dealing with the problem of homeless encampments. And I thought the day after that terrible fire, exposing the fact that we have no solution here other than clearing out and having homeless encampments move. What are they doing in Reno that maybe we could learn from here? We'll talk about that in just a minute here on CCO.